Ah, it's that time of year again. The weather is warming up, classes are winding down, and it seems like there's a lot of change on the horizon. But in these times, which according to one Robert Dillon are a change in, it's the constants in our lives that become more apparent than ever. Whether it be a sandwich from that place you visit with your family every year, or that sweater that always gives you the right self-esteem boost, we carry these things with us as a means of familiarity and support. The same can be said for the music we listen to. As we grow up and experience life and all of the change and discovery that that entails, we find that there's a handful of artists who have stayed the course. The ones that we keep coming back to. Ones who we might identify with on a deeper, more emotional level. The ones that we hold near and dear. Quite simply, our rider dies. So, with that, we have assembled the team around the proverbial roundtable to dish, discuss, and digest who these favorites are and what they mean to us. So, I'm Emily. I'm Max S. I'm Sam. And I'm Max Rosenzweig, and this is Arts Interrupted, the Michigan Daily's premier arts and culture podcast. So, jumping into it, let's all go around and say who our ride or dies are and kind of our origin stories with them, how we how we sort of got got to know them. Yeah, I guess I can go first. Um, for me, it's this really underground indie artist. I don't know if you've heard of her, um, Miss Ariana Grande. S- yeah, so, <laughs> right, you never heard of her. And I think that's... I want to be honest, like, I think I've always been listening to Ariana Grande from, like, day one, as soon as I figured out who she was. Like, it's a bit ubiquitous or whatever. And, um, I mean, I remember seeing her on Victorious, but then also there's, like, this YouTube side of her where she was covering, like, Emojin Heap, and she was doing, like, little loop videos, kind Mm -hmm. of like Ed Sheeran, but, like, very mostly vocal and little claps on the side, and, like... I was like, damn, she's really good. Like, why is she just, like, this rando background character? And so, like, that, you know, I think that, like, translated over there. And I was a true stan when I was able to download um, her whole second album, My Everything, for free because, like, Google Music offered that. And so I think that kind of kickstarted it. Yeah. All right, I can go. Um, So obviously the only reason that I pitched this episode was because I wanted an excuse to talk about Fiona Apple for 25 minutes. So obviously my answer is Fiona Apple. Um, She is means so much to me, but we'll get into that later. I guess my story of how I first encountered her, I guess I was always aware of her most famous song, Criminal, because it was in my mom's iTunes. And that's, of course, how all of my music taste developed was through my mom's iTunes. <laughs> um, and I remember seeing the little like album cover and just like these blue eyes. And I'm like, Oh my God, cool. Like that's vibes. Um, <laughs> like who's, who is she? <laughs> but then it wasn't until summer 2016, which was a huge summer for me musically. That was the summer that I got into Mitski too. So it was really intense. It was in that summer that I kind of started seeing like her other famous songs like paper bag i was like oh my god she fucking gets it um but it the the song that really got me into like her whole discography was hot knife which is from her 2012 album and it's just a bonkers song i would recommend everyone to listen to it it's like 
acapella but like on crack and just her and her sister just like screaming at each other with a drum and a piano it's so fucking cool and after that I was like okay this lady might know something and so I listened to all of her albums I remember doing this while doing my AP Gov homework um if you know you know and I just was like so that was it the rest the rest is history ultimately my ride or die AJR for sure so like Emily mine was also a late discovery um summer 2019 truly a terrible summer for me like well regarded by all my friends is like the summer of depression that's so um, real <laughs> that okay, i'm remembering that, that summer, summer too <laughs> okay <laughs> i went to a concert with my with some of my friends this was like a break in the depression and it was a fizzle tantrums coin young the giant show so it's like an elite lineup and they had one of those, it was like an outdoor concert and you'd like go into the venue and they had all these booths for other music venues there. And the Fillmore was there, love the Fillmore. And I, um, I went up to this booth and they were giving away tickets if you could answer trivia questions. And the trivia question I got was who's playing tonight, which like, if you don't know that, don't be at the concert. Um, so I won two tickets and I didn't really know any of the bands my friend Krista was like obsessed with AJR and so I chose them and I was like god I'm a great friend like I'll take her to this concert it was right near her birthday and man I just like got obsessed with them like okay so I started listening to them in August to prepare for the concert and by the end of the year like December 2019 they were my artist of the decade for Spotify like if that tells you anything Max, what about you? My ride or die is the strokes. Like, hands down, could do this super easily. I was obsessed with them. So, like, same, yeah, same story. I still remember the first song that I ever heard by them. Um, my friend, one of my friends from high school put me on them. Um, the song that I listened to was Last Night. Um, and I just remember listening to it on repeat for the next month, um, Definitely longer, actually. And I spent all of my free time binge listening to their albums. Um, and I just remember thinking, damn, there's not a single song like here that I don't like. So, My ride or die is Paul Desmond. Soon after I started playing sax, I started taking lessons. Um, even though I started when I was 10, I started playing jazz when I was around 12, 13. And around that time, I started taking jazz lessons. And the very first record that my private lessons teacher gifted me was the record Time Out by the Dave Brubeck Quartet, legendary record. And of course, on that record, there is the Paul Desmond composition, uh, Take Five, which was probably my first exposure to jazz alto sax. All right. So now that we've kind of gotten to know who we're talking about a little bit um let's go ahead and break down some of our like songs that we hold near and dear from them for whatever reason um maybe explain a little why they are we've got favorite song favorite album underrated song song everyone should listen to and song that has a a special power over us is how i'll say it so for Ariana, I'm going to say that my favorite song is 
Honeymoon Avenue. It's from her first album, Yours Truly, which is, if you, okay, like, it's, let's be honest, it's, like, nothing super special, but I feel like it's just so cute and, like, dearest and, like, and it's just really nice and, like, it really, it just, it's, like, slow, you know, it's not even close to what she does now. It's kind of this more jazzy style and I think it's just, like, really fun and, like, reminds me of, like, some not really like that good times but like nostalgic you know what i mean and like i have no really strong feelings for like my favorite album of her because i think that she just has like a bunch of like good songs and i don't really know like i'm not really feel like a favorite album like uh, underrated song would be needy that one's from um thank you next i think it has a great great chords like that like i don't know like really really love love the tune um and then a song that everyone should listen to it would be brand new you from the musical 13 if you didn't know miss ariana got her start from broadway actually uh, yeah what, do you, what about you emily okay so this is i don't know why i posed this question because this is so hard and it changes literally every day but i'm just gonna go with like what i was just like scrolling through her songs and these were what presented themselves to me so that's what i'm doing but favorite song at least for the past few months has been ladies um if you know you know it's just everyone should listen ladies, to, wait there's ladies, a separate one that everyone should listen ladies 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 That's my ladies. favorite part like, she says ladies 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 <laughs> my favorite part of the song ladies is when she says ladies <laughs> it's just been a very healing song for me divine feminine energy get on that um i'm pretty sure it was my number one song last year or it was up there but favorite album, I, I, I cannot choose. They're all so, I, 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 I'm sorry. I just can't. They're all too different. So I guess if I had to, if I had to take one, like to a desert island vibes, it might be the idler wheel, her third one. Um, should I say the whole title of it, which is really long just to prove that I can do it. <laughs> The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. And that's not even her longest album title. Her second album title is even longer than that, which I did have memorized at one point, but I'm not going to do it right now. Okay. Wow. I obviously had a lot of time on my hands in high school. Um, <laughs> but underrated song, I'm going to go ahead and say Werewolf, um, which is from The Idler Wheel. It's really cool wordplay and just like, it's good. I would, I recommend it. Um, a song everyone should listen to, Fetch the Bolt Cutters from the album Fetch the Bolt Cutters. I feel like it is just so much her, of her essence and what it is today. And like, it's just so real. And just like being your fucking self and like being real. I don't know. It's great. Yeah. Cara Delevingne like sings back up on it, which is fun. And then there's just like, yeah, the, the, the British voice that's saying Fetch the Bolt Cutters. That's um, Cara Delevingne. So fun fact. Um, and then all the dogs just barking. It's just, it's so good. And then for a song that means a lot, I said Parting Gift. It's just one of those breakup songs that it's just, it's just, it just makes sense. So that's Fiona. Um, so hard, obviously. Um, I mean, like everybody else, like it changes all the time. My favorite song. Um, right now, I think it's, adventures out there it's off their new album okay orchestra <laughs> and yeah i highly recommend super fun it's like such a quarantine song um my favorite album i think would be 
The Click, which is their sophomore album and definitely was not like their most popularly reviewed. But like the serotonin it unlocks in me is like unlike anything else. And then I think an underrated song is Bud Like You, which is on The Click. And it's just like so happy and joyful and I don't think it gets the credit it deserves for being just like so, so fun. Um, and then songs everyone should listen to. Okay, so I know I was supposed to pick one, but I'm a monster, so I picked two. So everybody should be listening to Turning Out and Turning Out Part 2. So it's like a double whammy, double hit of a song. So Turning Out was on The Click and Turning Out Part 2 was on Neo Theater. And they're just about growing up and not feeling like you're done growing and knowing people only for a certain part of your life, but wanting them to only know the best version of you. And when you knew that person, like they didn't know the best version of you. Um, and it's just, it's an emotional hit. Like I'm going to be honest, it's on my like late night sad playlist, which not very many AJR songs are, but those songs just hit in such a vulnerable place. Um, and then song that means a lot probably wow i'm not crazy which is on their third album neo theater and it's just about saying like all the little small things that make you who you are just like that can be recognized by another person as being a normal thing and it's like them loving and appreciating the little things about you and the song opens with something about being scared of clowns and i was like same yes me too (laughs) so i was like obviously Obviously, the song's about me. <laughs> Max, what about you? Talk, talk to me about the strokes. Talk to me about real music. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, we have definitely established fave song is a very difficult question. I'm going to go with the song that I've definitely listened to the most, which is One Way Trigger, um, which transitions perfectly into favorite album. It's Come Down Machine. Um, but definitely the strokes have also released recently the new abnormal is so fresh and just like new also like definitely a favorite for for me right now currently um and i'd say my okay underrated song killing lies um first impressions of earth is definitely like an underrated album i feel like everybody who listens to the strokes kind of just like doesn't like that album but it's worth a second listen trust me trust me (laughs) um song that everyone should listen to someday it's just a classic like nobody doesn't like that song um and a song that means a lot to me is life is simple in the moonlight my favorite song has got to be take five especially because of its connection to you know kind of my roots in in saxophone playing um i would say that's also a song that i think anyone who's even remotely interested in paul desmond should check out it gives you a great feel for the quartet and for his playing in particular. My favorite album of his is titled Two of a Mind. Uh, He recorded it with another jazz great, Gary Mulligan on baritone saxophone. Um, A song of his that's actually on that record that I think is super underrated is uh, titled Blight of the Fumblebee. It's a pretty simple blues tune, but I think the solos on there are just absolutely incredible. Um, And lastly, a song that I would say really did something to me emotionally is his song, Emily. It's a well-known ballad of his, but um, I think it really features his incredible tone quality and his ability to play so melodically and just so beautifully 
um, on what is otherwise a simpler tune. Now we know the, you know, the basic info, but let's get a little deeper. Let's try to peel back the layers a little bit, you know, get a little, get a little intimate. Why, like, what is it about these artists that, that keeps us coming back, that keep, you know, that we've established this bond with them? What, what is it about them? I think, I think, I'm not the only one to say this, probably. Like, I think I've grown up with her. I've, uh, I've seen her change and develop as an artist and choose what she wants to do with her life. Like, and, like, in, like, working with that, like, um, you know, I was a little bit of a musical theater kid in high school, middle school. You get it. You know the, you know it. Um, and so was she. And I think that, um, I, that's something that I really like, like really, like I got like maybe was attracted to her that way that like we both had these like roots in musical theater. Like I was in love with it. I was going to stay, but like, I thought that was cool. Like she did Annie, like when she was little and some like community theater and that was cool. And honestly, like, I think I bold boiled down um my fascination with her as like my first gay icon that like I witnessed like she I was like oh she's so great like she's she's so cool like this voice is so powerful like she's kind of badass and like I I think that's why she'd be like my ride or die like she's just like I saw her blossom and I think that was really cool and she was like my first like real concert before I mean like I saw Miranda sings the year before, but we're not going to talk about that. So, so yeah. What about you, Emily? Um, for me, yeah, I, I, she is someone that I, her music's very intense. We know this. Um, and because of that, she's someone that I always come back to in very intense emotional times, um, because she can articulate those emotions very well. Um, so you know, going through the cycles of life and going through the challenges that that presents. Uh, she's always music that I found to be really supportive in those times and something that I can use to kind of articulate whatever I might be feeling then. Um, and beyond that, just like in terms of her music, I feel like she is just so stupidly original. Every album is so different from the previous one. And just her creativity with how she uses instruments, how she uses sounds in general, how she uses her voice. I think that she is creating music in a way that very few people in her, in our culture are right now. Um, and I think that that also, you know, part of that is that when I listen to her songs, I always find something new, either a new layer of instrumentation that sticks out or a new, like I understand the lyrics more, you know, it's either of these things. Um, so I feel like I can always come back to her and yeah, with the lyrics, her lyrics are poetry. Like I've read interviews with her and her process is her lyrics are poems or at least earlier ones were, and you can tell she has such a way with words I've learned so many words from listening to her songs. Like she, like, because the way that she uses words are not just as a meaning, but the way that words sound, she uses them. And she, I don't know, she's just so real. And her songs, she's so vulnerable with her emotions too. There's so many songs, especially off of her second album, When the Pond, that I dub, quote, crazy bitch anthems because 
we all have that side of ourselves and I feel like it's so important to have songs that resonate with that and that articulate those feelings that especially women are so not encouraged to be outward with um and so it's so cool to have songs that I can be angry with and be just you know freaked out with and and her songs are they're like yeah same let's we're going through it you know but we can sing and make noise and have fun and yeah so that's that's that on that one (laughs) um um okay so they're just like college age and well relatively um and they're writing about problems that like young people in their 20s i.e us are facing um and especially now as like a junior about to move into senior year and like graduation and I'm a film major so like I have no path in this world um but it's a lot about feeling insecure about college and young adulthood and like wanting to be a grown-up but not wanting to move on from being young um they have this great song called don't throw out my legos which is them moving out of their parents house their brothers by the way so they're moving out of their parents' apartment and, but they're like, oh, don't throw out my old toys. Like don't throw out my Legos literally. Um, because what if I need them someday? Like what if I have to move back home? And anyway, I think it's just something so relatable that we're all kind of feeling right now. And I think they're one of the few artists, like just capturing kind of like the pure joy and confusion and innocence. And I don't know, they just hit on all these like little small things that I think not a lot of people sing about that people our age are feeling. And yeah, just makes me feel better about my place in this world. <laughs> I know that was so cheesy. Okay. Matt set us with his with actual content, please. Tell me about the strokes. Tell me everything I need to know. Um, yeah, well, I really appreciate the influence that the strokes have had on the alternative rock scene. Like, not even just the alternative rock scene, like, every music genre, so many artists. Um, I feel like every artist, one of their inspirations is, like, the Strokes um, these days. I also think Julian Casablanca's is dope. I I love his, like, I don't give a fuck, couldn't care less attitude. Um, And, yeah, I think I said it before, the Strokes have just never let me down. Um, It's, they're just someone I can, they're just a band that I can always turn to. I'd say he's my ride or die because, um, you know, as, as a musician, he really is the artist that I always try to emulate in my own playing, um, whether that's his tone quality, his approach to improvisation, his melodic lines, his harmonic thinking, whatever it is, he really is, you know, what I'm always drawn to when I listen and, and thus is what I want to reflect when I play. all the time we have right now, but stay tuned for part two where we continue our ride or die roundtable. 